Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to How Soccer Explains Leadership. I'm Phil Dark, your host. My co-host Paul Jobson and I absolutely love bringing you incredible content, great interviews with great guests in the world of soccer, people who have played the game, people who have coached the game, people who have done other things with the game, and they share with us the lessons that they have learned from the game and how they're using them in their lives outside the game, whether that's in their parenting, in their marriages, in their leadership of organizations or otherwise. This summer, however, we are taking a little break from that. We will be getting back to that probably in late August, early September. But until then, we are bringing you the lost episodes of the Coaching Character podcast. Coaching Character was a podcast that I started with a good friend of mine, Greg Rosler. And we interviewed coaches about how we can incorporate integrity, character, really important life lessons into our coaching. And so we thought it was a great podcast to be able to share with you this summer as we're taking a break from our normal programming. This week, we have another conversation that Greg and I had about Andrew Murakami and the interview that we had with him. We released that last week. But this week, Coach Roz and I talk about how we can strengthen the marriages of coaches, which is often a problem. We talk about how coaches can supplement the roles of moms and dads in their kids' lives and how coaches can help their players flourish by being more relational than transactional. These are things that we talk about. We talk about several other things in this episode. So without more from me right now, we're going to get right to it. Welcome to the Coaching Character Podcast. I'm Greg Rosler, Coach Roz. I have got my right-hand man, the the dude, the guy that I have utmost respect for, and my partner in crime, Phil Dark, and you're already grinning. Phil, welcome. If you didn't, Let's kick this thing off. If you didn't off. see, you could you probably see, even though this is an audio podcast, you could see the sarcasm exuding out of his mouth as he was. I thought you were my right-hand man. What happened? I thought we're that was confused the way it on was. I know. Yeah, we're, I, we're confused. I, I didn't. I didn't realize that so, I was your right hand. All right. Man. So let's be totally transparent because we coach each other hard on these things to do the best we can. And we just had this. You, you just gave me this lesson, and we have to. We have to be moderate our amount of sarcasm, and yet we just lob it at each other. I didn't other. say take it completely out. <laughs> no. I just said so, folks. You know, as you're going, you know, and and there is sarcasm, right. and you can't hear us laughing. Just imagine. Imagine that we're like, if you think that's probably sarcasm, it, it, I'm sure it is. I, that's just, that's just the rule of coaching character from here on out. And we are going to do our best to not be sarcastic all the time. You know, so. you were walking in, you're right. And you were walking in this morning and, and you said something that I took to heart. And that is that you are becoming a Buffalo Bills fan, which means that the meter is going towards my sport and you're becoming, you're beginning to get it. Yeah. Well, you know, as I, one of these days, you're actually going to listen when I tell you that I love all sports. And soccer, quote unquote, the real football, is just my favorite. And so I can, I'm a, I'm a renaissance man, as we've talked about. I can love all sports. You sound like a politician. Well, you know. <laughs> all right, and let me, no. right, let me get but anyway, other, let's bring let me, it to uh, what people actually are right, okay, clicking but, on this. This may be their first episode. I just want to make sure people aren't <laughs> turning us off already. Already going. What, so let's yeah, get what to is, the meat of what we're talking about, which is Andrew Murakami, who an amazing young man gosh isn't isn't he isn't he special oh man i i as with several of these people i look forward to meeting him in 
person and really being able to sit down with them and dive into their lives and, and hear more about them. But just a little snippet we got there and you obviously know a whole lot more and you've been able to speak into this man's life a lot obviously as he shared on that but there's some there's some different things that I'll let you take the first crack at one of some of the things to talk about but uh, yeah if you didn't listen to that interview folks stop this right now go back to that episode listen to Andrew because man he's going to give way more wisdom than we can ever do in this show so I'm going to go and 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 just tell you right now give you permission to stop us go listen to that and then if you want to come back and listen to this again do that too right and fast rewind two things you said already is is I'm rewinding the guests that we have had that either you have known or I have known that we think are special people and yet the content and and the tidbits that they're giving us just what special people they truly are is be, is coming out and that's we expected that but it I, I believe it's been above and beyond the call of duty with all of our guests, whatever the topic is. And then with Andrew, I'll just do a fast rewind. Andrew today is the senior pastor at Willows Nazarene Church, who I had the privilege of coaching his freshman year. He's a man with developmental differences and how he talked and shared his story about using football in the sport. He did not go on and play college football. He did not go to the NFL. He's doing something far more important, but the lessons that football and the relationship with coaches and how that shaped him into who he is today. That's the previous episode. Yeah, yeah, that did a pretty good job, but so, didn't have all the great stuff that we're going to talk about now. Right. I, I think where, where I would begin is he shared a story about wanting to quit how many young people at no matter what sport at some time or another may have wanted to quit and how not quitting and how we talked him into not quitting shaped him. Yeah. You know, and I would go one step further on that, that, that not quitting. And then you're, as you talked with him and said, you quit, I quit. It impacted him so much that that came full circle back to you to impact you when you were going through something that was really, really difficult, your cancer diagnosis. I don't want to ruin that entire interview, but go back and listen to that. And just watching you two talk about that to see how much that impacted him was amazing. But one of the coolest things that I think came out of that too, yeah, the quitting, the perseverance, the we need to push through, that alone is is worth the price of admission, right? But the other part of that that really hit me with him was that if he would have quit, he wouldn't have had all these other unintended consequences of playing football. That he said, my physical, my mental strength are, would not be anywhere near what they are today. If I didn't take that risk and I didn't push through and I didn't persevere to play this game that strengthened me physically that strengthened me mentally that allowed me to now do what I do today and too many times as you said he has developmental differences he was told at a young age you will not play sports he was told you couldn't you can't do this you can't do that you can't do the other thing and so many people in our world would play the victim there and say I can't do this poor me woe is me this stinks. This, these cards I were dealt are terrible. I need to just cash it in. 
Well, and and as you said, let's go deeper with that. Being told by a doctor, this doesn't make the doctor wrong. Right. Being told by the doctor to a young person, you're not going to be able to play sports. So one, what's the effect? Does the kid believe it? Right. And number two, do the parents believe it? Yeah. I mean, so it's not, <laughs> it, it goes Absolutely. deeper. Right. Yeah. So, so that uh, in itself is, is to me very, 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 very important. The other thing about quitting, and Phil, you're a coach, we all have had kids that at one time or another have wanted to quit. My coaching suggestion on that is to just say to a kid, well, look, let's don't quit this week. Let's revisit it next week. I mean, rather than getting into in the moment the whole, well, here's why you can't quit and and, yeah. and our, let's say, our default reason that we know a kid shouldn't quit. But what if we just tell them, let's wait till like next week and see how you feel about it. Yeah. No, that's great. And especially when you're talking about if you're coaching seven-year-olds, that's, you know, that's that's definitely something yeah. they may not they may or may not that may or may not yeah. if you're talking about high school kids or college kids for that matter they're still all immature yep you know even if they're the most mature high school kid ever to walk the earth they're still going to be immature because they haven't had the life experiences to understand these different things right so i look at it and go as a coach how can you help them to be to to be mature beyond their years like they may be mature beyond there, but they still won't have those experiences. They still won't have the ability to know, right? And so how can we as a coach help them to be at that level that we know they need to be or should be or can be? And so I love that idea of that, hey, what about next week? And what about that 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 idea of it? But what if that doesn't work? Then, well, you know what? This is also a good coaching teaching point is you're not going to win them all. No. Some kids may quit. Right. Andrew could have said, forget it. I'm done. We wouldn't have this great story today. And not every story when someone doesn't quit turns out like Andrew either. Right. So it may be that they don't quit and they become a terrible kid. But, <laughs> but hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> right. But I'm going to I'm not I'm going to say is the the lesson I think for coaches is to to really instill in them an ethic of quitting is not going to help you be successful in life quitting is not a good strategy no okay so that idea of give it another week that idea of that it's really a delayed gratification because them quitting often is wanting to be that quick i want stuff i want something i want time i want ease i want this life that's going to be super easy and i don't have to work at stuff right that's not going to help you that delayed gratification is something that i think causes people to quit jobs. It causes people to say, that's too hard. I don't want to do it. And so to be able as a coach to say, even it could be, let's revisit it next week, or it could be to sit down and go, okay, just tell me why you want to quit. Let's have a conversation about it. And, you know, it may be that I agree with you. Or it may be that maybe your reasons are, are let's let's have a conversation about those reasons. They're probably that you're saying that's the reason, but what's behind that? And what's well, behind that? And and what I'm hearing you say, Phil, is not every kid should be playing. That 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 
every kid needs to play football or every right. kid needs to play soccer. We got one of our past guests, Phil Du Bois, played for the Redskins, right? He's the first to say he coaches some kids that truly are only playing because they haven't found a better alternative. They're much more art inclined. They're much more music right. inclined. So we're not we're not trying to say here no kid should ever quit. But examining I, what I hear you say is examining their reasons and digging in a little bit to see what's really going on is 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 the important part. Yeah, and that's all part of coaching too. I mean, think about it. You might hear something that you never would have known about them. You may find out that they want to quit because I got to help take care of my little brother. You might find out that they're quitting because they feel like they need to get a job. And right. I we had a, I had a player quit last last year, senior in high school. She knew she wasn't going to be playing in college and she wanted to go get a job. And I said, you know, I'm going to miss you. I'd love to have you play, but if you really feel like that's what you need to do and that's the real reason and it's not all these ulterior things, then I'm not going to get in the way of you doing that. Sure. And that's not, I mean, you're going to learn work ethic having a job too. And so, but if, you know, if I feel like they're just using it as a cop out, you know, again, in this case with Andrew, let's bring it back to Andrew. In this case, if he says, I want to quit because he's in the middle of wind sprints on a 105 day and it's just really hard. Now I'm hoping you gave him water, but then you question it and go, you're quitting because it's too hard. That is not a good life lesson to teach anybody, right? So that's something that I look at and I go, okay, as a coach, we have these, these, this amazing responsibility and honor and privilege to be able to help make these kids into who they can be. And teaching them these lessons. And so I think that that quitting conversation is there may be legitimate reasons to leave a job someday. There may be legitimate reasons to to transfer schools. There may be, you know, right now I'm going to be very clear here. Uh, there's there's very few legitimate reasons to break up a marriage. <laughs> And I mean, I could go on that and we could talk about that for a really long time. So there's some things that you don't quit if you start, but there are a lot of things that you may, there may be another job. That's what you're supposed to be doing. There may be. And so for a football player to go, Hey, why are you quitting or wanting to quit? Mm -hmm. And, and let's make a deal. If it's a legitimate reason, we'll both agree that go on. If it's something that I feel is illegitimate, we'll have a much deeper conversation about it. And then let's wait a week. Let's wait two weeks and just, just to see. Just like when, going back to that delayed gratification, it's just like when you're at the store and you're like, ooh, I really want this. And you say, okay, I'm just going to wait a week. And if in a week you're still like, ooh, I really want, then maybe you say I'm going to wait another week or maybe you go back and get it. You know, you do a considerable amount of work in the area of marriage counseling. And, and I'm, I'm thinking this in real time and it may be a stretch, but as we're talking about this quitting thing and let's wait a week, how many relationships... Phil, had they just inserted time, how many relationships do you know of that they quit and gave up on, that had they inserted time into the equation, hey, let's don't, let's don't quit this relationship this week. Why don't we, why don't we, why don't we enter into this with a coach right. that knows what they're doing, and let's revisit quitting a week from now or a month from now. 
You think there'd be any marriages saved? Well, <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I think the the couple things there that are critical are you're bringing in somebody else who has wisdom in that. And that's something I would say whether it's the I think that's a great lesson for coaches too. Right. As we're talking about this, even as you were saying that, I was thinking that to go. But it's also important that if there is that that okay, I don't think it's legitimate as the yeah. coach, right? There's that that is that agreement mm-hmm. where he's like, I want to quit. And you're like, but I don't think that's legitimate. Bring in that third party. Maybe uh, another teammate. Right. Maybe uh, another coach. Maybe a teacher. Maybe somebody else who knows them. Maybe maybe a parent if they really respect the parent. But the parent probably wouldn't be the best person in that, in that instance. But in this case with Andrew, that was the other interesting thing. His mom would have come in and said, yeah, quit. Because yep. I'm afraid. And it's that fear. Yep. That's the other reason a lot of people quit. It's that fear of what might happen. I might get hurt. I might not be able to get good grades. I might not be able to do all these things, right? Yeah. So, so stay okay. So the the marriage thing, it would be it would be interesting as we're camped on this don't quit thing. It would be interesting how many people chime into us if if we just threw out have you ever quit a job that some period of time later you quit in the moment and some period of time later you wish you would have stayed with that job. Mm -hmm. How many people have made a decision to, again, forget football, quit their job. Yeah. Quit their relationship. There, there's, it's just an example where football was helpful for a person in this case, Andrew to reshape how he feels about quitting. Uh, yeah, it just strikes me. Yeah, and there and today there are. I mean, there's a a guy, and I I respect him a lot, and a lot of things he says. His name is Bob Goff. I don't know if you're familiar with Bob Goff, but he's a speaker. He's a he's a guy who does speaks all over the place. Whimsy. He's a phenomenal speaker, phenomenal public speaker. But one of the things he ca- talks about is quit something every Thursday. And he says it in a good way, mm-hmm. right? Like quit these bad habits you have. Quit something. Procrastinate just everything. <laughs> You know, all those things just shed all those bad things, quit something every Thursday or Tuesday or whatever it is. Somebody's going to correct me because it's a different day. But the point is, one day a week, he's quitting something. Mm-hmm. And while I think that has a lot of good to it, I think it also has danger in it, you know, because he knows what he means by that. But if people are just like quitting the hard things because it's too hard, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think those, those patterns are set early on right and if 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 you if Andrew says I want to quit and you're like fine get out of here because you know in your heart of hearts he's not going to be one of my stars anyway all he's going to do is cause me time and energy and effort to be coaching him he knows and I know he's not gonna he's not gonna add much to this team you could be thinking all those things and go fine good riddance yep but no, because as a coach, you know that your role is to help your young men on that football field to be the best men they can be when they leave your program. Yep. As a coach, all you lose by by allowing him in that case to quit is a lifelong relationship with an Andrew Mirakami who who the coach loves and he loves his coach. And there's and there's a bond for life there. That's all you lose. Well, and by the way, that's not all you lose. Yep. What else you lose is the respect of your players. Right. Because they're watching you on that. And they go, oh, all he cares about is whether I can play. Yep. 
Because if the starting quarterback says, I quit, you're going to have a very different conversation. And they know that. Sure. And so if that that's something that you look at and you go, everything I'm doing, every single lesson I'm teaching, all these other lessons that I want to teach are dependent on all these other lessons too. So if I'm saying, go ahead and quit, well, you lose respect. So the next time you're having a credibility conversation, I mean, you're losing credibility when you're having a conversation sure. with somebody else and saying, well, I don't think you should, well, why not coach? Andrew quit. Well, uh, Andrew wasn't. There's yeah. no your credibility he didn't really, shot. He didn't really want to be here, right? Yeah, those default. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think. All right. So let's the, the coaching nugget here. The coaching nugget is, as coaches, all of us face players that want to quit, and what we with coaching character aspire to do, and what we'll include into our clinics and, and into our apps and the things that we're passing along to a coach is the different things that we can do with a player when they when they come to you and say that they want to quit mm. some actual tools right okay well and and I just don't want to take a step back and too and we've talked over the last few episodes or last several episodes about personalities too mm-hmm. different coaches handle that I want to quit conversation very differently and I want to encourage you coaches to know your personality and be really careful to not just act as your personality in that quitting conversation because a lot of task focused coaches that don't think about the people side as much Mm -hmm. doesn't make you a bad person. It's just how you're wired. Oftentimes someone says I quit and you're like, fine, good riddance because you'll, and you'll justify it by saying if they're not really bought into our program, then they need to be gone. Right. A, you're not caring about them as a person, and B, your program is going to get weaker when you do that. So think about it from the task standpoint, because I know that's how you're thinking even right now as I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I mean, I am I am a, a both task and people, but I'm more people, I lean more people. And and I will say, I, I get it, that you're wanting to say, but, but, but. And I just want to encourage you that you will have a much stronger team if you care about the people. And if you aren't letting people quit because of they're not working as hard or they're not, they don't want to work as hard or they don't want this or they don't want that. If you are having people quitting for the wrong reasons, your team will be weaker. You have a weaker program. And then next year, you're not going to have people coming back to play for you. So your juniors might be transferring or they might just be not playing football because they don't enjoy the sport. And I saw that with, you know, with different soccer programs that I was a part of. My daughter was on the number one team in the country. I'm not exaggerating on that. I mean, rankings are rankings, and mm-hmm. so people are going to go, yeah, but it wasn't this or it wasn't that or it wasn't the other thing. Okay, let's say they were 20th in the country, whatever. They were a super good team, amazing team, and they couldn't keep players. How is that possible? People weren't moving away. People, were, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you one guess. <laughs> Might have had something to do with the coach. That may be the well, because the culture of the team, sure. which starts from the top, and the it's it's all part of it. Yep. So I look at it and I go, okay. Now, it was it's not fault of one person, but you as a coach have the ability to create that culture, make that culture, and everything is connected into that culture. So. That's not, we're not talking about culture right now, but all of this goes to culture, right? Everything we're talking about goes to the culture of your team, and the culture of your team is critical. And you as the coach 
have the ability to shape that culture more than anybody else in that in that program. And so because you are you are the leader of that program, whether you like it or not. You know, it's, yeah, you're the leader of the program, or you're the leader of your particular position. Sure, yeah, it goes without saying. So. Yeah, so you know, let, let's transition, Phil, into another part of the the Andrew interview that I thought was fascinating. Is Andrew came from a functioning two parent family? I mean, if there's not a more, if there's not a more, what you would say ideal profile family he's the son of a pastor big family every i mean my gosh it it looks like ozzy and harriet and he talked about the role that a coach plays in a functioning family now you and i work in the war zone and we work in areas where that's not the case but i just found it was interesting and fascinating what he thought the coach's role was in in a functioning family yeah, you know, I mean, we've talked about that already with the the role of a coach in in dysfunctional set situations and settings, and and I, I think it's it is really important because I hope people would describe my kids as people as kids that come from a functional house with parents who love each other and care for them and have raised them and love them and push them when in proper and and lay off when proper and <laughs> whatever. And I will tell you that coaches have had a huge role in my kids' lives. And I love that. They, they are supplementing us. Right? You know, you hear... I, I think that the, the, the phrase, it takes a village, has been misused all over the place. But the idea of it that I love is that the parents aren't enough. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Now, I, the way I say it's misused, I think some parents take a backseat too much. And, they, and they, they use that as an excuse to say I don't need to really parent my kid. But I think that it absolutely is true that I need more people in my kids' lives than just me and my wife who love them as much as parents can love them. And do and, and we take the stewardship of our kids' lives as, as seriously as you possibly can. But I know that their teacher, that my daughter's teacher who poured into her as an 8th grader and a 7th grader, Man, without her in her life, my daughter would be very different than she is today. And with with coaches, to know that with, with that coach that poured into them and just loved them and cared about them. I talk to my kids all the time about it. Like, that coach loves you and cares about you. Don't minimize that. Don't Don't take that for granted. You know, that you have that and you'll see that later. And you have no idea what they're doing behind the scenes. And the truth is, we as parents, our kids have no idea what we're doing behind the scenes, too. But the, and the, the problem is, not all coaches are, I'm not saying that about every coach that my kids have had. And I look at it and go, I see less and less coaches out there in these youth sports, especially the club and pay, you know, pay-to-play programs out there, that actually care deeply about the kids. So well, that, that bums me out, but yeah. because I, I, I do think that then it's harder as a parent to go, I want you to like, they could be a role model for you, but I struggle with that with some of these coaches I'm seeing. I wouldn't necessarily say that to my kid. Well, and this just exemplifies the work to be done because I'm going to, I'm going to give you a follow up to what you, what you were just talking about as a functioning dad, you welcome another set of eyes and and lenses into your child's life. Yeah. So let me give you, let me throw one up that you'll only go for about four hours on. What happens if we have a broken dad 
or no dad that that doesn't understand that it still takes a village. Yeah, well, the no dad wouldn't do that. But yeah. the broken dad. Yeah, start with broken dad. Which probably And you only have about 3 hours well, on this no, one. Well, <laughs> no, and, and I'll I'll make it quick, but the the broken, we'll talk, I mean the beauty of it is this isn't the last episode we're doing. Right. So, but the broken dad and and again, as you've said, talked about, this is what I've done the last 12 years of my life is 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 helping the kids who have the brokenness who are we're trying to restore them. Mm-hmm. But the broken dad often as with any unhealthy thing, right, will often try to hold things too close and will say, I have all the power here and I don't want you to speak into that because I'm afraid that you're going to tell him something that is different from what I want to tell him, which is probably unhealthy because if it's a healthy coach, then and they're pouring character and integrity and all these lessons that we're trying to teach them and they go against what dad's doing at home, dad looks like a fool. And dad feels like you're going to, you know, because dad needs to learn those lessons too. And you know that one of my passions is to help build men into what they should be and can be and need to be for our families to be strong, for our kids to be strong, for our communities and society to be strong. And it just irks me so much when there is an amazing coach that wants to pour into the kid because that doesn't always happen. And there's a dad who or a mom who are getting in the way not only not doing it at home but getting in the way of the people who love and care about these kids to be able to help them to do it now i'm not saying that we want to encourage coaches to go behind the backs of parents and to and to undo things parents are doing if they don't agree with them that's not what i'm saying at all but there are certain things that we would agree we would all agree and and if you're listening to this you know you could close your eyes and picture the households that we're talking about. We're not talking about we disagree with the way you're raising your kid or the way you disciplined or whether you don't ever yell at your kid or you don't ever say no to your kid or you don't. Those are things that are different parenting styles, different parenting techniques with different kids, different discipline works. That's a whole different conversation for another day. We could go for four hours, but we're not going to. I threw you up a softball. On well, <laughs> but... <laughs> on one hand on the other hand there's too much to it but because what i want you to understand folks is there are so many nuances to these right. things too so i don't want you to think that i'm saying that a coach needs to usurp the authority and stewardship of the parents now what i hope will happen ideally is that we help the kids and simultaneously help the parent to understand take the time as a coach if you really want to be able to impact that kid, take the time as a coach to call up the parent and say, hey, let's have lunch. Let's have coffee. Can you come over to our house for dinner? You know, and to be able to really pour into that family because if you're going to get the best out of your player, that family needs to be as healthy as it can be too and that kid's parents need to be as healthy as they can be too because then that kid will be healthy for you, will be healthy for your team and it'll be very likely that that kid will be a productive and a, such a great member of that team rather than a virus on that team because you don't know what you're going to get when a kid has an unhealthy home. Well, it, it, I can see you're not... No passion uh, there. No passion whatsoever. And here's what, here's what we'll pin this because it's a, it, it is another episode. What you're saying, here's, here's what I'm hearing you say, and I'm going to put a term on it. 
if you will become a relational coach as a, as opposed to a transactional coach, mm-hmm. a relational coach. Mm-hmm. That's the, can we go get a cup of coffee? Can And you can do that at the youth level, at the club level, at the rec level, at the high school level. If you choose, and, and, and please hear me when I use this term, this is, not a, this is not a playmaker term, it's a Joe Ehrnman term. If you choose to become a relational coach, Opposed to a transactional coach, some magnificent transformation can can occur. Man, inside out coaching, Joe Ehrman, that's what you just referred to there. I was drop I was name dropping really there to guy. show you I'm a red guy. Yeah, he's he's your he's your buddy. <laughs> Amazing dude. But what I will say there is it takes time. And it takes energy, it takes effort to do all these things and there's so many coaches that will have so many reasons why there's no way they could ever do all that mm-hmm. and and I'm not saying go have dinner with every single player on your football team and you have to have 50 dinners and and do all that because then you probably sacrificed your family and your home but if you see that there's a kid that has this situation and it hopefully isn't your whole team, if you're working in an inner city situation, it will likely be a whole lot more mm-hmm. that I'm dealing with at Folsom High School with my girls soccer team. But my point here is you can either, and I'm talking, you, you sports programs are probably the worst with a lot of the parents <laughs> where they're yelling and they're screaming and they're doing all these things at age seven and eight. You can either give them a sheet at the beginning of the year that says, sign this, these are our team rules and take it or leave it, and this is what I do, and if you violate them, you're done. And that's transactional. Right, and almost never works. It never <laughs> yeah. works. Yeah. You yeah. can't talk on the sideline. Yeah. You can't scream, silent sidelines, silent Saturdays they're doing in these coach. That's just silly, yeah. quite frankly, and I think that does a disservice to the kids because then you can't encourage them either. You're afraid to say anything. Right. But... You can either do that or you can actually build relationships with them and say, hey, you know what, come here. If you've had dinner with them and they've been in your home and you've talked with them about these things and they're on the sideline being a, you know what, I could have a lot of words for it. You know mm-hmm. the you know the parents and I've been that parent at yeah. some point. Where I look back now at watching my nine-year-old and hearing a lot of the parents and I look at them and go, that was me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'm not perfect anymore either, but yep. I look at it and go, if somebody were to have built relationship with me and brought me aside and said, hey, here's how you sound and here's how you look and here's what it can be as a parent, it could have changed everything, right? And it wouldn't have been a threat. It wouldn't have been someone coming in and intruding on the way I raise my kid, the way I do whatever. It would have been someone who cares about me and cares about my kid who wants the best for both of us. And again, with certain people, with certain hard hearts, mm-hmm. it will take longer to soften that. And it may never happen, by the way. And it may be that you try and you try and it's like, and at some point you need to say, okay, it's not going to work there. But I wouldn't just do it once and go, okay, it didn't work. Because think of how many kids don't play the game today because their coach didn't go through that hard work. Right. Or think of how many kids are not successful in what they're doing or are quitting things or are, are viruses and companies because their coach didn't take the time to make it a relationship rather than a transaction. Yeah. So 
Well, that's where I'll end for today. And, but don't don't think this is the last I'm talking about. No, no. And and the exclamation point that I'm going to put on that before, if we end this segment today without mentioning our producer, Katie Freeman, who is doing passive aggressive because it, I was halfway through this segment and she didn't tell me that I didn't have my headset on, which is her way of saying you didn't mention me in this segment. Mm-hmm. That's sarcasm, by the way. So, so we do want to thank Katie. We do want to thank Katie for all of the all of the work that she does. And 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 here's my exclamation point. I'm I'm recapping what you said. You want me to be. I'm a coach, and you want me to be relational, and you want me to to go to somebody's house, and you want me to take a dad to coffee, and you want me to do these things as a volunteer coach. And my answer is, yes, that's exactly what we want you to do, and it's time-consuming. And if you've taken on the role of coach and you put a coach's shirt on, then be ready to put the work in and go the extra effort or go find another hobby. That doesn't sound very pretty, but that's how we hold coaching in reverence. You can go be, and I mean this in a positive way, you can be a big brother, big sister, and you can put in four hours a month, and that's a very needed, needed task. But if you want to be a coach, then cowboy up and put the time in and be willing to be coached and be willing to go the extra mile or find another vehicle. So that's, that's my that's my strong message, and that's going to ruffle some people, but so be it. Phil, great, great to kick off the new year with you. I'm excited about where we're going. There's some neat stuff coming, and I am privileged uh, to be along the ride, along for the ride with you on this. It may even be here by the time we put this out there because we're recording this at a time well before this is released. So all those things may be available. So if you're if you're listening, go to theplaymakers.org and check that out. Also, you know, we're we're talking about doing other things. I'd be curious to hear you folks out there. I mean, I'm assuming a lot of you are coaches. We talked about marriage earlier. Coach and I have been kind of noodling on the idea of helping coaches with their marriages and to be able to help Coaches help coaches, coaches coaching coaches on things that we've learned. We've had different journeys in our lives to be able to walk alongside you and to help you in different ways. We want to help you be the best coaches you can be. And if your marriage is unhealthy, then I'll tell you what, it's going to be hard for you to be the best coach you can be. And, And so I will put that out there. Let us know. And, it, you know, we'll take that into, it'll be all part of the, we'll put it all in the pot and stir it around and go, we have so many different things we can do here. And we're excited to be here to serve you and to help you and to, to you know, which at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're being helped by this as much as anybody because we're learning so much from our guests. But we are here to really help you and build you up. So folks, as we, as we sign off here, take everything that you're learning on this show and hopefully it's inspiring you to read some stuff too. Maybe that Inside Out book by Joe Ehrman. Watch some different things and to be thinking about these principles that we're talking about. And I do hope that you imp- are implementing them and taking them and helping you to be a better coach, to be able to inspire your players to be better people and that we can do this together. And hopefully we'll be able to have better society at the end of this all this work together. 
Well, folks, I hope that you know now why Paul and I thought it was a good idea to release these episodes this summer and to be able to give you the wisdom that Greg Rosler was able to bring. I mean, he and I were able to have some really fun conversations, but not just fun conversations, conversations that hopefully will help you and others to be able to be better coaches, to be able to be able to build up our players through our relationships with them, through our relationships with their parents, and really to be able to understand how we can be very healthy ourselves. And so there will be more from the Coaching Character Podcast this summer. The next four or five weeks, we will have episodes coming at you from uh, those episodes that we weren't able to release. And in the meantime, you can go back, you know, and listen to all the other episodes we have. We have over 90 episodes now, so you can go back and listen to as much as you want to over the next few weeks before we release the new episodes. You can also check out warriorwaysoccer.com to see what Paul and Marcy Jobson are doing with uh, kids in Waco, Texas, as well as other things they're doing across the country and around the world. And so check that out. Also, coachingthebiggergame.com is information about the program that Christian DeVries and I are doing. Christian was a guest on the show a few episodes ago. So check that out, coachingthebiggergame.com, to really understand how you can work on your self-leadership, your leadership of your individual players, and leadership of your team, whether that's an organization, a soccer team, or really anything else that you're leading. So with all that, folks, I hope that you take everything you're learning from this show and you use it to help you be a better coach, a better parent, a better spouse, a better teacher, a better leader in whatever you're doing, and constantly remind you that soccer does explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.